Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you live in your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. All right. So welcome, everybody, to the Psychologist Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Kyle Osborne, a psychologist and clinician. And um, I'm not here by myself. I'm here with my co-host, my friend, my colleague, my former classmate, uh, Dr. Jason Coleman. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Good brother. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, good afternoon. Um, I'm Dr. Jason Coleman, you know, um, as, as Dr. Osborne said, you know, we're good friends from PCOM and beyond, um, you know, and I'm excited to be here too, you know. Absolutely. Good. Thanks for having you on, brother. I'm about to do this thing. And, you know, first and foremost, of course, for, uh, for everybody tuning in and listening, you know, the, the purpose of this podcast is for us to be able to get information out there, you know, as you know, as clinicians, you know, part of our preamble, part of our oath, part of what we do is get information out to the community. So, you know, by no means is this uh, treatment of any sort, you know, it's just, you know, two clinicians that have received extensive training and and, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics that are happening in the world that are, you know, different uh, mental health ailments and trying to stomp out that stigma. We're just trying to get information out to, you know, anybody that needs it, you know, because information is important. And for so long, there are a host and group of people that haven't been able to get access to this information. So, you know, hopefully uh, this will be helpful to anyone that that tunes in and listens and, um you know, we're just going to go out and get the information out there as best possible as could. So hopefully this will be able to help somebody live not only their best life, but, you know, their healthy one, too. So um, go ahead and get this thing rolling. You know, and I know, um, you know, I know my goal is, you know, to kind of use my experiences, you know, and the psychoeducation, all the information kind of and combine it in a way, you know, where people can understand it, perhaps in a, you know, in a different way. So, um you know, I'm again. I'm excited. Um, you know, and this this is a different platform for us. Although although we're used to talking to people and families and individuals on a you know daily basis, whether it's our families or patients or kids or whoever, um, you know, this is just another way. So um, hopefully, it'll be something new um, and something interesting, and um, you know, it'll be a good thing. Absolutely. Very well said. So definitely thank you, everybody, for uh, for tuning in on the maiden voyage of this uh, this podcast. And, you know, we get this started. So, you know, of course, you know, for us to start any discussion is with the most salient thing that's happening and that we're living with. And that's the pandemic. So, you know, for for you, Dr. J, like what have you seen as far as like the mental health aspect or psychological aspect that you've seen and and like with patients or with clients or even, you know, in, in your, your personal life with dealing with people, the, the effect of COVID that you've seen, cause we're almost about what, like almost a year into this thing, right? Yeah, so everything, the protocols yeah. and everything shut down. So what have you seen I, as far as the impact? I think the one thing that's different about this um, COVID you know, whereas with a lot of other, whether it be medical, mental health diseases or anything, is that number one, it was a very novel thing for all of us, you know, so 
all of us within a year, a year of us, a year ago, if we would have asked us about coronavirus, most of us wouldn't have known what it was. You know, now we all have a lot more information, whether it's wrong or whether it's right. We all got a lot more information. So that's one thing too. It's impacted everybody, right? So whether that's, you know, me as a practitioner, whether it's you, whether it's somebody's family member who got sick, from on the basic level to the most, you know, uh, egregious. So whether you're losing family members or whether just basically you can't go out to Applebee's anymore. Um, not that yeah. I, I go to Applebee's, but, you know, not, you know, if you can't go to Applebee's anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Like those yeah. basic things are impacted, you know? Um, and then, you know, you got lots of other uh, uh, aspects, but that would be the first thing that I would kind of um, think about. What, well, how, what about you? What do you see? Nah, definitely on that same accord, um, it's been the disruption, right? Like you said, you can't go your, your typical routine of what you would normally do, like you said, on the weekend or just like throughout the day, it's, it's totally shifted. Right. Like like you said, I couldn't fathom this time last year thinking about we're now going to be in an environment where we're all wearing masks. Right. We have to be within a certain distance of each other. We, you know, life and as we know and as we practice, it was going to be completely altered. Right. And so, like, I think that's something that I've seen is that a lot of people have struggled with with that adjustment to the disruption in your routine right because you oh, know in addition oh, yeah. in, in addition to of course um you know the stress and the fear of not knowing and the in the jobs and the health element you know that goes without saying but a lot of things that i've seen even you know in the work and like just even personally and with like family members or, or friends is like the disruption like stores aren't open um or restaurants are only at a certain capacity and so before like retail things all that opened up over the past winter or in the fall like it was really like a step back where you you were really affected what you knew and what you were used to you weren't able to do that so now people are at a standstill and it's like all right now what i do like well how am i supposed to like go forward with with life and what i'm used to doing it's like that disruption and that adjustment hit hard for a lot of people I, I think, I mean, just in thinking about this, like a lot of different ways, because I've been talking to just different audiences and people about it over the last couple of months. I think what surprised a lot of people is that, you know, people had a lot of ways of coping that they went about every day that I don't think they necessarily were consciously aware of. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you may I mean, not saying that the parks are closed, but you may go to the mall, like you may go to the park. Right. Or you may take your kids to an amusement park or go to a play or go to a movie. These are things that once that when they shut down all of a sudden and all and 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 all at the same time, you know, it, it really, for lack of a better term, you know, it kind of revealed how how extensive individuals coping skills were or were or were not, right? Right. Um and for unfortunately for a lot of people you know, um, a lot of their best ways of coping were taken away. Like gyms were shut down. You know what I mean? Like we we live in the United States of America. We're one of the most materialistic societies, you know, probably has ever existed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were telling people they can't get haircuts, you know, and beauty supplies, you know, be- and, and, hair, and hair salons was closed. Clubs was closed, you right, know. Right. So these people don't just go away. You know, these are... As, whether adaptive or maladaptive, 
is people that probably go to the club every week and they let off stress, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do all those people do, you know? Um, so I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I know we definitely felt the impact um, immediately, you know, I, you know, obviously I work in a hospital setting, but we obviously felt the impact immediately, you know, right. um, both in terms of how we saw patients, like, you know, you, we went from seeing each other's face to not seeing each other's face and being six feet away, at least, um, you know, to just differences in, in scheduling and patients being scared to come in, you know, how did, how did it impact your, your workplace? Um, with us, uh, because this is right before I, I'm at the um, the hospital that now with another inpatient, you know, that um with at friends and it really highlighted like, OK, how technology advanced or how modern is your establishment? Right. Like, are you able to go and do telehealth or what? You know, what are the right. provisions? What advancements has your organization um made because that's also like if you worked in a certain organization like were they equipped to be able to go where you can work remotely right are you still able to do and perform your job and work remotely or is it going to be a situation where maybe possibly layoffs are taking place so you think of a situation like people that work in retail when this thing first happened like you, there is no remote situation, right? The only thing that took the place of it was online, but you don't need the people that work in the stores to work online. So right. unfortunately, same thing with restaurants. It's like you had a lot of people that were um, that were forced to because their their organizations or their fields of work wasn't included with that, right? But then, but then you may have other industries like um, like uh, like business, or you said you said working in hospitals, we were able to turn to telehealth. So for where where I was working at my organization, we didn't have the ability to work with telehealth. And so, you know, personally speaking, it was it was challenging because it was like we were working on the fly, right? It was like really we were working reactively with whatever protocols were coming out and um, whatever different. Uh, safety measures they were they, they were kind of pushing through so it was like we were kind of having to adapt and go along with you know whatever information because like you said there wasn't a lot of information nobody really knew much about this um this virus and things kept changing and it was just like oh well you're only going to have these symptoms if people or and then it was it turned into more more symptoms and then it turned into well you can't get or contract the condition or the virus if this happens and then that changed so now it was like we were constantly at least where i was at we were constantly like on the fly and having to adapt and incorporate all these new things i mean i i totally agree and it and it really just it it increased our anxiety you know but again it, it come back to my original point the one thing about this virus that's been different is like everybody has been affected by it you know what Mm -hmm. I mean um everybody so I guess just you know since obviously you know we want to inform people and we want kind of want to talk use our our knowledge to inform people you know everybody is under stress anxiety a significant amount you know right now so Mm -hmm. just for like whether it be families individuals you know community members and people watching what would be you know, what are some ways that you're managing your stress right now? What are some suggestions that you might have for people? Just not a whole list, but just a couple suggestions you might have for people to manage their stress a little better. Um, For me, something that's been helpful is 
is kind of from that, like that act approach, right? That accept, acceptance commitment therapy approach where it's like the things that I find important is it's one accepting like, all right, we're in a pandemic, right? So this, this, these are our circumstances and there's only a certain amount of control that I'm able to, um, have within the situation, right? Like I can control or I can at least lower my probability of, tr- of getting infected by wearing the PPE and following whatever guidelines yeah. and based on information we have. And then it's like, okay, once I've kind of accepted that piece for me, it was like, okay, well, how can I still value the things or enjoy the things that I, I hold important in a different manner? Right. So it's like, I'm a big, movie tv type of person and, and like to go out you know to the movie so when the movie shut down like i'm like damn i'm like man i'm it's summertime too about to happen <laughs> like i'm missing like blockbuster <laughs> like i'm expecting movies to come out i'm, I'm you know and, and it didn't happen just based off and of, so it was like all right well i guess it's gonna be more netflix type of situation or it's gonna be yeah. you know catching up on some binge watching or maybe some old shows or other different things or you know so for me it was like all right well how can i still enjoy those things just in a manner of you know i'll i'll be it like just in a different different uh kind of circumstance so like, right or different yeah, different your mind, way. Your mind about certain things and appreciating certain things that you have gratitude like gratitude and stuff like that yeah absolutely and just being like well you know and it's just you know you kind of have being flexible also i think that's something that you know we all have to kind of keep in mind is that you know we're gonna have to this is really gonna be a test and testing like our our way to adapt and the way to be to adjust and be flexible like you mentioned because like you said it's affected everybody in some form or fashion so it's like all right well everybody's hoping that, all right, well, well, maybe six months from now, it won't be this and it won't be here. But it's like, you know what? Like, you have to be realistic and you have to continue to be flexible. Like, this thing could be here for a while, right? We don't right. know if it's ever going to get back to normal or as they say, quote unquote, normal. So it's like, okay, how can I continue to be flexible and just remain like, okay, something else might happen, whether it be through work or with family, you know, just uh, remaining flexible, man. How about for you? Uh, I mean, it's a, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, obviously we all under a lot of stress, you know, and it's impacting people differently. Um, but again, like a lot of the points you brought up were good. One thing I like to emphasize when I talk to families is number one, like, like when you talk about the stuff you can control, like limiting the TV time, mm-hmm. you know, cause the news is negative. Um, yeah. Um, again, you're gonna if if there's important information out there, you gotta remember that you're gonna get it eventually. <laughs> um, or not saying that you put your head in the sand, but you know, say you watch if you usually watch three hours of, of, of news covers, and you might want to limit that to one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what we find is when we watch these news programs over and over, they they most of the time they repeat the same information, right? So, right. and most of the time it's negative. So it's like. Um, we have to be conscious of, of the impact, you know, those negative thoughts are going to have on us and stress, you know, and all of those things. Um, another thing, you know, that I try to emphasize with my families and my parents is kind of like um, to use this time to come out of this pandemic differently. Right. So I know there are one or two things that I'm doing that I didn't that I that I didn't I wasn't doing when I first started this pandemic. Right. Like new interests that I'm learning about. I've read about two more, two new books, you okay. know, like, yeah, it, 
again, it may seem corny, but anybody who comes out of where we're in a different world, we're in a different space, right? So anybody who comes out of this pandemic, not change, you know, has wasted an opportunity um, as far as I'm concerned. So whether that's, you know, doing a puzzle, whether that's, you know, learning a language, whether that's reading a book, you know, getting interested in a new hobby. Um, and then, you know, appreciating, I guess the third thing, you know, we don't want to give away too much on the first, right, first right. episode. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the third thing I would tell people, um, is that, um, you know, to try to kind of value some of the things that we have already, right. That we, that we already engage in, especially like collaborative family activities that we already engage in that we kind of neglect. So like family dinners, right. Right. It's a great opportunity to like process feelings with your kids, the day with your kids, cook the meal, clean up, you know, teach them responsibility. A lot of opportunity there, right? Mm-hmm. Grandma can't come. You can put her on Zoom, you know, things aren't the same, but we got to, you know, adapt to the change a little bit. So um, those will be the, the things I would emphasize for right now in terms of how to deal, you know, um, with the pandemic right now in terms of how to manage stress. Let's just say that. I like what you said, man, especially about like the balance aspect of it, like really being like aware of the balance, because like you said, when things shut down, when people were used to, like you said, going out, letting some steam off or, you know, going out for a drink or wherever to whether it be a restaurant or a bar or anything. What I also saw was um, a lot of people drinking more, right? Like people were hitting up like the liquor stores, they were hitting up all these different things and they were like, you know, drinking more at home. And so like just being more careful of that aspect. Right. Like it's still like you said, you can have like the Zoom parties and all the other different things. But like really having that aspect of where like you're really being conscious, like you said, either you're you're trying new things. And if you are still going to enjoy the things that you that have been helpful or that help you, you know, decompress in the past, it's still like, all right, well, you know what? Let me do at least with balance and not overkill because either boredom's kicking in or you don't have access to whatever on the outside. So I definitely like that aspect of things. Yeah, like I, I think I think that's a good point, because like if you look at all the articles, in terms of the alcohol and cannabis sales been off the hook in the United States since coronavirus, right? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, another kind of like phenomenon. I don't want to call it phenomenon, but I guess the term for it is like um, togetherness syndrome or something. But it's basically just people, you know, being in the same space for too long and that's how it's impacting their relationships. You know what I mean? Um and I think that's a part of it, right? Because we go back, we talk about coping skills. You got a lot of people that they're not, they, they used to their children being out of their care for seven, eight hours a day, being away from their state, uh, their uh, spouse for seven, eight hours a day, if not more. And now you're in this space. And, um, you know, not saying you don't care about your family, but it's, you know, you get fatigue. That's what it's called. Togetherness fatigue. That's what it's called. Yeah. So... Again, I'm not justifying that, but that's why you see, you know, because that's why you see the increase in the substance use, right? Because when people don't have the appropriate coping skills, you know, then they're going to do that. You know, we also see kind of increases in certain areas with domestic violence calls, child abuse calls, all those things. So Mm -hmm. it's all relevant, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's all definitely all, all intertwined and connected with that. Because like you said, when you're used to not having, you're used to having that space, right, of, you know, not being with your kids or being away from your significant other or spouse. Now everybody's up underneath each other. And like, nah, like right. that's, that's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of restrictions and limitations and things. People are in, are in each other's spaces when they're used to having like that break or used to having that seven, eight hour exactly. break away from. And, yo, that's tough. Exactly. You know, that, that, that's very tough. And um, yeah, you, you definitely see a lot more. The tensions are higher in addition to the stress and everything else that comes along with it. So, yeah, it, it's difficult. You know, you know, it's difficult. And it's definitely it takes a lot of awareness for, you know, whether you're going to be able to, one, adapt to it, adjust to kind of take a step back and realize what's happening, because. You know, when everything when you're in the in the midst of like your daily activities and your stress and the hustle and bustle, and then now you introduce that aspect, you got everybody sharing this one space when you're not used to it. And now it's like, yeah, things could definitely go left real quick. Yeah. I mean, so to kind of segue now other topic now, this is the question before we talk about this article. Right. Now, have you taken the corona vaccine? Have you taken it? You know, if you willing to Okay, oh, yeah, you have. absolutely. I have. Yeah. Okay. Now for, I have. I have to. Yeah. yeah for, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, for me, you know, just personally speaking, like, um, you know, I contracted the virus, you know, sometime late last year. And yeah. so from for me, like, it, it wasn't fun, bro. And I, and I was like fortunate enough not to be not to have like the severe symptoms i was fortunate and blessed not to have been like hospitalized um you know just like the body aches and um you know just 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 like discomfort for like a couple days other than that i was really fortunate where i didn't have those other symptoms that a lot of people that are, are really struggling with um and yo man that shit is scary like a couple of days went by man and, and i thought like yo like you you knew it was different you know at least from my experience like you knew it was different than like a flu to anything else that i had ever had before right and i'm sitting there like yo shit i'm i'm like you know really uncomfortable with the aches and pain just off like i'm feeling like shit i might die because you hear like again you hear everything that what you know in all the severe cases like i was feeling like this was like a thano snap man like this like because people are just <laughs> uh, people are perishing man from this and i'm i'm yeah. sitting here like scared to death for a day or two like yeah this shit is, i i don't like this man like it, it's different bro and the thing is the scary thing about it is that it impacts everybody you don't know how it's going to impact your immune system until you already got it exactly. so it's like i you know that part of it i you know i get it um now the the, the, the questionable part is you know the reason why i sent you the article is because obviously you know i wanted to know what's your experience in your personal life and I'll talk me too. And, and, you know, professionally in terms of, you know, uh, our people, when I mean that I'm talking about all people of color specifically, um, in hesitancy or in either that or being hesitant or embracing the, embracing the vaccine, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you straight up, like, you know, I've been very surprised because it's been a lot of people that I thought, you know, would be willing to take it. That's just like, nah, nah, I ain't with it. Um, you know, and, you know me, like the thing about me, and this is part partly my downfall sometimes, is I always ask a follow-up question like why, you know what I mean? Um, and some of the reasons that people give me are kind of strange, you know? Um, so I just wanted to know what your, what your um, 
experiences um, and just how you how you feel about it, you know? I mean, for me, again, you know, it was one, just kind of taking in that consideration, like my personal experience. And two, um, I mean, especially with patients and even with family and friends that I've talked to and asked, like, hey, you know, if they, you know, were considering it or, or didn't want to get it or they did. Um, I mean, this is something that we've seen in our communities for years. This is previous prior to um, COVID even happening is that, you know, there's that distrust of of medicine or even particular, especially if something is coming from the government. Um, Absolutely. Just and this is because of generations of mistrust. You know, you got the Tuskegee, you know, study. You got all these we have, you know. Well, we all know about the studies where, you know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. our people haven't been getting the best medicine or you know, or the same number of, you know, um, life saving medical interventions um, just because of the color of their skin and their, and their SES. You know, there are studies that, that show that, you know, unfortunately, you know, in various different medical settings where they weren't offering those same interventions to our people, but they were giving it to, you know, white people. So, um, Very so true. I, 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 I understand, you know, where that mistrust is coming from, because again, it's been here way prior to the, to COVID. Um, so I get the mistrust because of what's taking place ahead of time. You know, for me, um, I had to kind of take a look at it like, okay, like what's the information that's out there. Right. Like the inf- for me, it's always a situation of let me see the information that I can get from a reputable source right. and like how I can incorporate like before I do go ahead, because, you know, I, I get the side effects and every vaccine is going to have a side effect. Right. There's no way you're not going to mm-hmm. get injected with any foreign antibodies and you're not, you're not going to have some form of a reaction to it. Um, and it varies from individual to individual. But my thing was more like, OK, well. And once I got the information that I was comfortable with and I was like, well, even looking at it, like after contracting the virus, it was still a lot of not like solid information as how long the antibodies will be in your body and so on and so forth. And so I had to look at it like, well, I don't want to feel like this again. Right. Like and that was with me even doing, you know, all the PPE and the protocols and so on and so forth. And I was still able to and I still contracted it. Because you don't know, right? It just there's so many different factors. So I looked at it like, well, how for me, what's the, the best chance for me to one keep myself myself safe and healthy? And then also because I work inpatient in a hospital, we work in like with people. So we're not no longer doing like the staggered schedule or telehealth. So I'm working with people. So I also have to keep in mind how can I keep not only myself safe and healthy, but how can I keep the people that I'm working with, even though, of course, we're, we're donning and we have all the PPE gear, but like, I need to keep them safe. So once I kind of was able to get that information, then I was just like, all right, well, I feel like I'm comfortable enough to deal with that. And I would rather feel more protected against this thing than, than anything else. You know what I mean? And, um, so that's, that's what, at least for me personally, you know, and some of the things that I've gotten, but the mistrust is what I've gotten from a lot of patients and even, you know, people, 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 people are like, I ain't doing that shit, man. It this and that, you know what I mean? Now the mistrust, I understand, right? Tuskegee experiment was real, right? But see, there's, I think the problem is people conflate things that aren't necessarily equal all the time. I'm not talking about you, right? But there's right. mistrust. Mistrust is a historical thing. So we could talk about all the historical things that the medical system psychologically has been done against people of color. We could spend three hours talking about it, right? right, right. Then there's misinformation, right? That that mm-hmm. I'm going to have a chip in me if I take this shot, right? Yeah. 
It's going to be a chip put in me, right? That that the vir- that that the vaccine is going to give me COVID nineteen, right? Most right. people, this is what why, why I have an issue because you're talking about mistrust, which is based off a knowledge base a lot of people have, and I can dig it. But when I hear from people, is misinformation. You understand what I'm saying? And yeah. so my, my what I urge people to do is, you know, do your own research, because, again, I call that the Donald Trump effect. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the minute last last March when Dr. Fauci said is two people with coronavirus, Donald Trump was on the other side saying, no, it ain't real. Right? right. So I'm not saying that those people I'm not I'm not I don't want to bring politics into it too much. And I don't want to say that those people are Trump supporters. But what I'm saying is they've been impacted, okay, by us bringing, us com- conflating conspiracy theories and science. You understand right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, misinformation is 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 is, is different. Like, like you know, like, I, I, I get it. Like, people are wary, but I see a lot of people, I see an absence of information with a, that a lot of people have because, and that's why yeah. I brought up, the reasons that they give me. Cause when I ask people the reasons why they're not taking it. And of course, everybody has the right to make their own decision. Right. So people have a right to be not protected, you know, um, and they, and they got to suffer the consequences. God forbid if something happened, but you know, my point is, I don't think people have, you know, the information when they're, when they're making the decision, not all of them, it's it, it, per se, mm-hmm. not saying everybody, but not all of them. So um, that's why I just wanted to ask you, because I was just been surprised at some of the reasons that people have been giving me, um, you know, but, you know, it's not uncommon. So it is what it is, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, man. You'll hear some outlandish um, reasons. And, you know, these people are, are, are very serious. Like you said, the chip, you know, people say like, you know, like it, it, it's really it's 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 um it's mind blowing, you know, right. um, this the stuff that you hear. And um, in addition, addition to, like you said, the misinformation, you know, of course, it's also that access to it right the access to the vaccine and you know I, I looked at it for me like well like my my employer is presenting it right it's offering it so for right. me it's like all right once you know i did my research i'm like okay well you know what I, I, i'm making an informed decision so that's something that i've always i've offered to you know some of my patients that i work with or even other people like my personal life is that like you said is one get the information you know like i'll never impose you know my you know um my decision on anyone else like i i see you know people on social media and like other you know physicians and folks and nurses and showing you know the cards and they're which is which is great great that's cool you know for me it's like i'm never going to impose that i'll get information out to you and i advise everybody to get information from a reputable source right Get your information right. from a reputable source and then make make an informed decision. Right. Do your due diligence and, you know, think about, you know, your your own health. Right. You think about people you you live with, all these other different things. Right. Make an informed decision. And like you said, whether you do or you don't, I mean, that's entirely up to you. But at least give yourself, you know, that consideration and kind of do your due diligence and and get the um, I, I mean, information out there. The, re- the reason why I'm reiterating that is because, listen like people are putting themselves in danger, right? This is, we're talking about a matter of life and death. And I'm, I'm saying, make your own decision. Um, you know, but we're talking about a matter of life and death, right? So I'll give you a prime example. When I talk to people, one of the number one reasons they'll give me is, well, I don't know what's in it. 
I don't know what's in it. That's what they'll tell me, right? <laughs> and and again, now now this is people talking out of both sides of their mouth because ninety nine percent of those people, or I'm gonna just say ninety. Let me say ninety. Yeah. If they have children, or if they don't have children, they'll take their children down to the pediatrician, right? Right. And get one shot, two shots, three shots. You think they know what's in a flu shot? You think yeah. they know what's in any of those shots? And I'm not saying it to be you know, facetious or to be a jerk. But I mean, like, we're talking out of both sides of our mouths, right? And oh, we yeah. don't understand, we, we, we're we not understanding the effect that conflating conspiracy theories and science is having on us. You yeah. understand? So, but but it sounds funny, right? But these are the same people that take their baby down to the, to the pediatrician and be in the other room while the pediatrician is pow, pow, pow. Sign yeah. the, just sign the uh, immunization card, right? You mm -hmm. think those vaccines don't get updated? Yeah, they get updated. You know the same amount about what's in that vaccine as you know about the coronavirus vaccine. But and it's been through the same amount of clinical trials, right? But so that's why I said there's historical facts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Tuskegee experiment happened, but then there's an absence of information and people like to use emotional reasoning and it sounds good that oh, the government they're gonna put a chip in it and this and that and so you know a lie makes it around the world you know quicker than before the truth makes it down the block so that's oh, yeah. the only point i'm making you know it's like in all these other aspects we trust the professionals right except this one. Oh yeah yeah it's a, it's a lot of contradiction man like i've i've i'll even do you one even better like I've had people that that, uh, that, I know, that I know that you know that that smoke or whatever, um, and they'll sit they'll say the same thing like I don't know what they're putting in in that that vaccine. I'm like, dude, you even know the what's in that blunt that you smoking? Like, come on, bro, like let's yeah. like you you out here like people I mean, that I know that <laughs> you know what I mean that the, do listen stuff. The same reasoning, right? You yeah. use the same use the same reasoning, and it, it, exactly, I mean, it don't make right? no. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make contradiction. Sense, but, right. You know, man. So it it's um. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's mind blowing and some it's willful ignorance. It's, it's a lot of those different things, unfortunately. And you know, you, you got to really step back and like listen. Like we're our communities are the ones, like you said, between life and death. Our communities are the ones being vastly affected by this, right? You look up yeah. like, like the the health belief model, and you're looking at like okay, someone's you know susceptibility or their belief on that they'll acquire this condition or you know what the severity will be and i you know i just think of that and i just like there's a reason why like it's happening within this and like you said part of his mistrust but then it's also that that you know that misinformation and then that he, you're making a decision based off of these emotions and just like these just different misconceptions and conspiracy theories right. and, it, and it's harmful it's like it's it's killing our community you know and unfortunately um, unfortunately your misinformation which can result in part, going to parties, not wearing masks, blah 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 oh, blah, yeah. blah blah blah, blah. is killing people, oh, right? Man. So that's the that's the problem, you know. Um, but you know how people are when they get dug in on something, right? So you when you so it's so what I found, you find yourself in a position where if you tell somebody, the, uh, give somebody the facts, then <laughs> you you already know what happens when you show tell somebody the facts you know right you know they're going to you, you know they're going to respond with a conspiracy theory or just you know tell you it's a lie so this is the point we're at you know um 
but it is what it is. You know, everybody has to make their personal decision, but you know, it's issues that need to be discussed, right? Because because people are are suffering as a result. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've, I've even seen I've seen where people will be like, "Well, I want to get you know, I'm not gonna get the vaccine, but I want my my parents or I want my my grandma to get it." I'm just like, "Well, or you know," and I emphasize to them like, you know, you're important too, right? Like yeah. you know, you're you're important. You want to save their life, like well, it's on the same way on the other side. They want to see you healthy. They want to see you do well. So uh, you know, I would just kind of throw that little caveat out there when I hear the well, my my so and so member is gonna get it, but you know, I'm good because I don't know what's in it. I'm so and so. Like well, I, I I don't I don't get that thinking. You know, like it's, it's I mean. You know, it, it, it's tough, man, but the best that we're able to do, I think, is like you said, is, is get the information out there, you know, try to, try to emphasize the importance of it. And like you said, whatever you do with the information you get, whether you want to throw a conspiracy theory on there or you actually maybe you want to there might be some growth or some facilitation of like some forward thinking and maybe, you know, it's on you. But the information is out there. Um, so I'm hopefully, you know with the more information that is getting put out there and information from people that look like us, you know, hopefully that can be that mechanism mechanism of change where people can, you know, start to get on it and start, you know, getting, uh, cause we, 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 we got to start doing, you know, and I'm not saying there's a lot of us that are, but more of us got, we got to start doing more research. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine to be informed by other people about, you know, what's going on locally, nationally, whatever, but, you know, we got to start using facts and knowledge to to inform our opinions, you know, yeah. um, you know, and again, and I'm not I'm talking about critical thinking because I know the first time you say that, you know, people try to act like you a slave to a book, you know, but I'm, so we're talking about critical thinking, of course, you know, right. but, uh, you know, there's a difference, or, you know, you know, you want your 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 thinking and your thoughts and your arguments to be, you know, the foundation to be facts, you know what I mean? Not, not necessarily how you feel. So, you know, we got to start moving more towards that because again, you know, when we're debating about like what color we going to paint our house, like that's, that's cool, you know, but when we, we, when we're deciding like policy for a pandemic, you know, you know, that, that, that matters. It matters a little bit more, a lot more, you know what I mean? So, um, we got to start looking at facts and, and reading articles and doing that a lot of that more of that ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. instead of listening to other people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we got to switch gears to this other article you sent me about Clubhouse. All right. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So I have to be honest, like I for me, I didn't have that much information or knowledge about Clubhouse. Like I, like, I, I read about it and heard about it, but I never got an opportunity to actually like participate in um uh in the app itself and what it was about um for you for what what stuck out to you like what what drew you into this and give me your thoughts about the article i mean i mean obviously you know it's it, you know it's another i'm not too familiar with it but it's another social media app you know provides i guess rooms for people to kind of communicate chat and blah 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 but the reason why i kind of sent it to you is because i guess there was a, a psychologist or a mental health professional Mm-hmm. That not saying that they had a problem. I don't know if it was a, a a male or female. If they had a problem with Clubhouse per se, but they were kind of pointing out, I guess, some of the challenges with some of the mental health themed rooms. Right. I guess one saying that some of the issues that people were um, 
talking about weren't being moderated by like mental health professionals. And I guess the feeling was that things could be said, you know, and I guess could trigger people. And then, you know, once they get off the app, you know, where does that leave them in terms of their emotional state and all of that type of stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, I I just thought it was an interesting article. I don't really have a position either way because, you know, again, like what we do is voluntary, you know, mental health treatment is voluntary. So I can tell you what I think. Like, do I think that individuals should be, you know, soliciting information about like depressive and suicidal thoughts and those type of things from other people or just people that love them? No. You know what I mean? I think that could be a very dangerous situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of the fact is them there are thousands of people who will never go to a therapy session and they're still going to experience those feelings and they're only going to talk to their family. Right. So, so so Clubhouse is no different than that, even though whether it's strangers or not, it's no different than that, because if somebody wants to sit on a bus and talk to a neighbor about their innermost thoughts and then not come talk to Dr. J about it, you know, it's a free country. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, we can pull, point out the dangers. And I, I think it's I don't think it's irresponsible to point them out, you know, but there's no difference between that and facebook and instagram and all reddit any platform where you could freely post your opinion or communicate with another person you know um so you know i just thought it was interesting article what you think yeah it it was definitely interesting um i like the aspect of there being a place or like the the sense of uh community that it's trying to foster you know where okay maybe you may have we still because of the mental health stigma that you know we go up against every day is that you have a huge population of people that aren't willing to go like you said see a therapist you know um just due to whatever different stigma or misconceptions and, and things that are involved um and so it's good that there is a place where um but yeah like um people are, are comfortable sharing okay maybe some issues or some different you know challenges they're having um so i do like that aspect of it um yeah absolutely i think is it is dangerous if it is a situation where you have i guess a chat room or a room or whatever you want to call it and if they're like i think something in the article was like let's talk talk about trauma and i'm like all right well <laughs> yeah that can be very dangerous if you're if it's a situation where we're gonna go into, into some place we're just gonna you know vomit every you know, traumatic, traumatic experience that we've experienced. And then there, you know, after that, it's over, right? Because we all know how, how dangerous that is. Hell, we don't even do a one session group on trauma. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I know when we're treating someone's trauma. Like this, this is a, a series and an ongoing process. So I think, like you said, anything type of situation where, yeah, that could definitely be harmful. Um, so you know, they talked about I was I think I was reading at the end of it where they're trying to put some disclaimers where I felt like, well, I mean, if that was the case that should have been done. I don't know who's in charge of the app or, or, or whatever, you know, and it seemed like, all right, it's just like really, really, they, got, like, they got like different like little TED talks and different things going on. Um, so I like the aspect like, yeah, if you're pushing information and resources. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Um, but even I still feel like outside of like telehealth like where you're actually having like a session with like a clinician or a therapist or whoever i feel like that can sometimes kind of get dangerous you're going to just open up anything where it's like all right everybody let's talk about 
you know, our past traumatic experiences or when we had suicidal thoughts and things like that, because I feel like then that's your, that's a recipe for disaster because it's like, now you're, you're putting so many thoughts and so many different things and, and it's just going to continue to escalate. Right. There's no way you're going to be able to bring that down or be able to process that. So, um, Bro, I, like I think you're right. aspect of it, but like just the other things are like, yeah, that, that can absolutely, you know, now, I think you're right, but I got to push you on that for, from this perspective, right? Go ahead. And you know this better than me because of your background, right? Let's see if you see where I'm going with this. When we have a lot of individuals, particularly maybe individuals with substance abuse background, right? Which right. particularly have trauma histories, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to paint everybody with a broad brush, but what I'm saying is... <clears throat> What we find is when we are doing groups and all of those individuals are in the room together, right? Before we even come in the room, when they're, when they're sitting, having a meal, when they're sitting in the, in the uh, day room, they talking about what? Oh, yeah, you're right. What are they yeah. talking about? Suicidal yeah. thoughts, yeah. trauma, all of the stuff that we... So they live okay. in the trauma. They're not scared right. of it. Now I'm not, now, I'm not minimizing it either. So you know what I'm saying. But a lot of times, you know, again, the people are living the trauma. So they're not processed in a way we wanted to process it, but they're still talking about it. So that's why I'm not saying, again, I'm not really on one side or the other, because if we're talking about formally processing trauma, yeah, that should be done in a therapeutic way. But But in those rooms, those ain't therapy rooms. They're just chat rooms. You know what I mean? So if a person wants to chat about their trauma, whether they chat about it in the hospital day room or on the bus stop or in there, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but to me, it's just another way. Yeah, they're going to talk regardless. Right. It's just this is just like a space or an opportunity for them to talk, you know, so like and it might be a safe space for them. Right. So that's why I like that community aspect of it. You know, I'm like, okay, it is giving them an opportunity for them to talk with each other. You know, the only thing I would just be like, well, if if you're going to do that, I guess the responsibility of the app, again, again, I don't know who runs it or what the qualifications are or or what the goal is. But, you know, it's a thing like, all right, well, look, like you said, they're going to talk about it no matter what, whether they're on the bus, whether they're in the chat room or so on and so forth. It's just like, all right, well, I hope that at least the app, if you're going to do it, like provide a resource or something, right? Like on the app and say, hey, if this is happening, call this number or these this is a, a network that you can so on and so forth, right? Because I just feel like it's at least if you're going to give people the opportunity to platform, you know what I mean? Uh, just looking at it re- from a responsibility thing, because like you said, any conversation can escalate and go anywhere, right? Um, right. It's just like, all right, well, if this is going to be the mental health chat room type of situation, say, hey, like, you know, conversations are going to get heated, right? Or conversations are going to escalate or they're going to get, you know, um, you know, meaningful or whatever word you want to you want to use. So it's like, hey, for help, for this, for that, go here, right? Right, know, right, that's right. my whole thing because I don't even know, like they mentioned the moderator or something, but I'm like, it seems like you don't even need a moderator because, like you said, you don't need necessarily like someone like ourselves or an, an advocate or a, uh, an influencer or whomever to like moderate that or to make be there. Those people are going to have a conversation about trauma or about addiction or about whatever the situation is. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, is that if you're going to provide that space? My whole thing is just like, all right, well, 
at least provide a resource or anything or if someone if it does bring up something for somebody like at least they may have some type of direction i agree with that i mean i agree with that totally i agree with that totally you know what i'm saying so i I know i gotta i gotta check this out more you know like um to see more about the the clubhouse thing like i get the idea of it you know i guess just to be more kind of a Responsible, I guess, since we're gonna open up about a whole thing. You gonna start you know? your own clubhouse page? Well, yeah, man, I, why not? I, I, I don't yeah. even know if it's called a page. I'm just that. <laughs> that might, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. That's why I called it like it seems like a chat room or a whole bunch of TED talks with things going on. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that's what they're gonna do. And you know, nah, man, we 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 just old, man. Yeah, we just yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, that's why I was just like, okay, I mean. The main thing, if it's getting information out there, all right, cool. You know, like, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's able to get information out there to, to help out with the with stigma and everything else, you know, hey, okay, that's that, that's cool. You know, that's my thing, you know? <laughs> you know? Nah, I can do it. All right, man, so let me, I wanted to ask you, and I think this will be something we'll try to incorporate with, with each episode and such. Um, what is like we just talked about mental health stigma a couple times throughout the uh, throughout the episode. What's one mental health um, stigma or myth, right, that you have like you commonly hear? Here? That kind of like you know. Oh, all right. Let's. All right. I want to be. I don't want to make it too heavy today. A common myth. Yeah, um, common myth. Yeah, that, that you you hear recently, like commonly or whatever, or comes up. I would say a common myth is either that um, is that therapy is either for rich people or for poor people. Mm, okay, speak more. Either on one, that. either either you know, because poor people are gonna say it's for rich people, and, and and some rich people gonna think it's for poor people. You know, mm. but it's that's it's, it's for everybody. I mean, in terms of what I see, you know. It, it might get it in different places, you know. Okay. But that's the biggest myth. Yeah, the one that the one that comes up for me um, is the uh, mental health, or you don't need therapy; you just got to take a pill, right? And so, okay. Okay. yeah. And so while I'm I'm totally, you know, not against medication at all. Like I feel like definitely depending on the severity of your symptoms or whatever you're experiencing, absolutely. Like I feel like um medication is a is a big help, you know, especially the you know, to balance things out, reduce the symptoms of uh right. absolutely. Um I just feel like at times and people kind of rely or rely on the medication to extensively or just focus just, just, just on, on the medication and yeah. i think that's maybe where folks sometimes get in trouble because it's like they just feel like oh if i take this pill like i'm good right like i'm, I'm gonna be able the, the anxiety will be be down so i'm gonna be i'm straight you know and my thing is always is like well yeah that, that's it's gonna it's gonna level you out it's gonna take care of that that chemical imbalance that's involved in whatever the issue is but it's also not going to unfortunately it's not going to help you cope with whatever's causing that issue, right? Whatever's triggering that response. So that's been my thing. Like it's, you know, I've always felt like a combination of both, depending on the severity is a good way to go about it, but it's just more mm-hmm. like, all right, well, from our aspect, it's like, okay, well, what if you don't, you don't have to have that, you know I mean? If you have someone that has anxiety about getting on planes, right. Or they're anxious, a phobia, whatever you want to call it. So they're used to doing that to, so, you know what I mean? Get to their destination. What if you get to the airport and you don't have your pills? 
You don't have your, your meds on you. Right. Are you gonna miss? Are you gonna miss that flight? Right? Or are you what do you what do you do then? Sure. So it's just like, all right, you know, it's like okay, let's. I get a word. The society that we were in is instantaneous, right? We need that instant, you know, fix the problem. Medication usually does that because it takes the edge off. You're able to get through. My thing is just like, all right, well, let's also get into the aspect of not let's help you through that, right? Let's help you what's driving the situation, what's contributing to that, to that depression or your anxiety or any of these other different things that are popping up. So then in addition to one, hopefully you won't have to continue to take the pills or maybe take as high a dosage, or we can get to the point where like you've been able to conquer and deal with whatever um, circumstances that have been contributing to it. So, you know, but that's the one that always comes up. It's just like, ah, I'm gonna just take this pill and I'm good. I, I also think just to kind of add on to that is the problem is like misinformation, right? Like, mm. and I mean misinformation, I mean like patients and, ser- and service providers are misinformed, right? So it's like, when's the last time you heard them on a Cymbalta commercial say that you need to go to therapy after you take that pill? They're not going to say that because they're too busy making $50 billion, right? Right. So they... It's that's a fifty billion dollar industry, and it doesn't, you know, it includes making you go to Rite Aid and pick those pills up, not, you know, telling you that you know what, that's part of it. That's to kind of dull those sensations so that you can go to therapy and do the hard work. <laughs> They're not going. They telling you half the story, so hmm. it's misinformation. You know what I mean? And then again, I'm not blaming the medical institution. Because I don't, I, I'm not necessarily just blaming doctors, but it's a disconnect between uh, med- uh, medicine and mental health, right? And that that's going to go all the way back to how the medical the medical model and what's in the hospitals. But the bottom line is, even if we working in the same building, we working differently, you know. So we're not necessarily go both ways. We're not necessarily sending our patients for that for that a medical eval, you know, or communicating with the psychiatrist. And likewise, they're not necessarily telling their patients after I write you this script, guess where I expect you to be, you know, in therapy. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. So, yeah. you know, people get the impression, you know, that, you know, they can just take the pill, you know? Um, so I, again, that's my, that's my humble opinion, but, you know, it's a lot that needs to be done on that, you know? There's definitely a lot of factors involved that that go into that, and uh, you're right. Like it, you know, I mean, them commercials. Uh, even when they're they're uh, they're spitting all the side effects and all the different things, you know, and all the other different things that can come up with it, therapy is not one that comes up. <laughs> no, you know, they're not saying, hey, in addition to this, um, yeah, you should seek professional counseling or in therapy or anything like that. Nature. Nah, nah, not gonna do that. Yeah, you're right. You know, but yeah, so that's just um, you know, again, that's that's the way, you know, it's a lot of factors that contribute to it. So, yeah, but uh, you're absolutely right on that, sure. you know. All right, good brother. Listen, man, I think uh, we discussed a lot, man. Um, I appreciate you uh, you coming through. Before I let you, I let you go on anything, um, how are you? Uh, what's, what's your self-care going to be looking like for the next day or so as you as you get through? Like you said, we're rolling through the end of the weekend, man. What you going to do for yourself, bro? Uh, I mean, listen, man, I'm good for the day. I already worked out. I did a little yoga, did a little okay. reading. I'm good. I'm good for the day. You know, I. I try to get in, you know, physically, spiritually, you know, and uh, some type of emotional, you know, self care every day, you know. Okay, cool, cool. Joe's yeah, looking um, like. 
uh do some mindfulness do a mindfulness uh meditation maybe about a uh probably about a 10 minute one and um like i told you i'm a big um you know big tv sports person so i'm gonna check out uh I've been watching watching what's that show that's on um showtime your honor with the um okay. yeah with the dude from um brian crashing his name or brian something it's the guy from uh, who did breaking bad and like okay. this show is the show is off the hook man let me tell you, if you get a, you get a right. chance to check it out, Might have to check yeah, it out. Listen, yeah, the show the show is on so many different levels, man. Like so, you know, for me, it's always been like if I can watch a show or a movie, um, and just be able to just kind of, you know, relax and just kind of turn it off because you know we're always thinking, right? You know, that's the way our brain, our brains and our minds are always working. So for for me, if I can get like a good hour or so and just watch programming and just be entertained, you know, that that's good. I seen um. I watched uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah yesterday. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see thing that. That thing is good. Yeah, Check yeah. it out, bro. Check right, it out. Right, Yo, they, did a, they, they did a great job of casting, man. Like, everybody in that film did a phenomenal job. You know, and, okay. um, you know, just like we talked about, unfortunately, like it does, it reflects on even what we're talking about with the mistrust because of, you know, J. Edgar Hoover and the government and how they had, you know, the the way they were, they were treating, you know, all our leaders, um, you know, it definitely reflects and it, this, this film couldn't be more important given, you know, the, the, the climate of today. And, and unfortunately, like not much has changed. Um, but, um, you know, but, you know, but the movie, yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend it, good brother. Um, yeah, because that it, it's All good. Right. So you get an opportunity to do that, and uh, taking the little one back up the campus, man, tomorrow. That's that, uh, you know, get her back up there and get, uh, get her situated. You know, be be sad to see her be go, but you, that. yeah, man. But you know, sad to see her go. But daddy, daddy's gotta gotta have his time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I could dig it. Yeah, I could dig it. I could dig it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. So, uh, so yeah, man, that's it. Appreciate you know coming through. Appreciate everybody listening. You know, and uh, tuning in to our maiden voyage of the Psychologist Podcast. You know, um, definitely feel free. You know, uh, I'll have all our information up there. You know, Dr. J and I, we do trainings, we do seminars. Um, so, guys, if you please feel free to reach out to us about any type of um, speaking engagements, also because again, our goal here is to get as much information out to the public about mental health, about health overall, about any of these things and these stressors that we're dealing with, guys. We know it's a difficult time for all of us for so many different reasons. So, um, you know, our services are out there. We're always willing to come out and speak with the community and train people because we want people to be as well equipped to be facing against these stress, against the pandemic. So, our information will definitely be up um, after we tune off. Feel free to reach out to us if there are um, some, some you know, you know, topics that you would like us to talk about. We're open to that, too, guys. So I uh, appreciate everybody listening and watching. Signing off. Appreciate you, everybody.